Welcome to the show. I'm Chris Graham. This is the Jerry Radcliffe Show, and uh, as you can tell, it's a different, um, different voice uh, uh, as we're getting ready to talk. Jerry and, and Jerry's here, and also our our colleague uh, from Augusta Free Press, Scott German, is here with us, and we're going to talk about the the you know, obviously the tragic events from this week, uh, the shooting deaths of uh, Devin Chandler, Lavelle Davis Jr. And Deshaun Perry and and two other students, including Mike Collins, UVA football player wounded, Marley Morgan, a student at UVA wounded, uh, Sunday night. And um, so, Jerry, uh, this is this is going to be the the, the a, a, a tough podcast, obviously, to get through for all of us. But uh, first, I have to just ask, uh, how are you holding up? Oh, uh, okay, okay. I, you know, I've uh, I've done quite a few interviews with some TV and radio stations and and others uh, around the uh, state, and uh, I, I'll have to admit I got a, a little emotional in a couple of them because of uh, of uh, a little bit of a connection with one of the players' fathers, uh, Deshaun Perry's father, uh, Sean, who I became friends with on Twitter. Um, so he would often ask me, um, you know, to, about his son and, you know, do, if I thought he'd play this week and if I'd heard anything from the coaches this week and stuff like that. And so we formed a, a little bit of a long-distance friendship. Um, and I guess what hit me the most was Sunday night when news broke of the that the campus was on lockdown, the grounds were on lockdowns. Uh, lockdown that and at this point we didn't know that uh, anyone had been killed or uh, we knew there was an active shooter uh, certainly didn't know that three football players had been killed at that point uh, at least publicly and uh, as the night grew on and my son and I were listening to the police scanner to try to get any updates we could and following Twitter from uh, students who were locked down and terrified on campus. Um, uh, Sean Perry kept uh, desperately, um, you could tell the desperation in his tweets that he was unable to reach his son. And then word leaked that, athlete, that some football players had been targeted. And uh, the longer the night grew on and the more desperate his text became or tweets became that he couldn't reach his son. It didn't take long to put two and two together. And later that night, he confirmed that his son um, had been killed. And uh, that hit me kind of hard just having known him and, and the, you knew, I, I could tell how much he loved his son way before this happened, but that brought it out even more. And uh, it was just, that that was a tough moment right there. Yeah. Yeah. Scott, we have to ask how you're doing. And I don't know how we say this, but without just saying it, you worked with all three of the, of the, of the football players who, who, who died Sunday night. I did and was honored to, to think that they were, that they, that they considered me a friend. Um, and, um, I wrote a story saying I lost my mom, lost my dad. Well, my dad was 84. 
my mom smoked herself to death. Um, those things kind of made sense. And how this makes any sense doesn't make any sense. And I've slept maybe an hour a night at best and, and not just grieving over them for myself, but I just can't imagine what their parents are going through. I just, I just don't, I can't grasp that because these kids were everything that we've seen written about them and more. I saw them interact with other students, not athletes, not student athletes, but, but other students and they were loved. They were truly loved by their, by the student body there. Um, and, and now they're gone. I got to ask you, Scott, I know we, we only have you for a, a real, a, a sort of a limited amount of time, maybe another 20 or 30 minutes. Um, because you worked with them, you saw them weekly this semester, each of the three, Devin and Lavelle and Deshaun. Um, and you saw them a lot with a, with that theater class that they were on the field trip with. Um, talk about, let, let's start with, um, let's start with Lavelle. I mean, I'll ask about each, each individually. Talk about the Lavelle you got to know um, this semester at school. Everything you've seen written about him is, was Lavelle. Tall, lanky, bubbling personality that could relate to everyone. Um, the teacher, the teachers I know loved him. Um, he was, he was just. I know this is going to sound corny, but he was just an all-American kid, and he's, you know, it's just, it's just. Say it. There's one story about it more than that. Well, there's one story you told me uh, about how you you said you recognized at some point he was an only child because it remind he he did something that reminded you of kind of pouted a little child. bit. He kind of was pouting about something that was <laughs> to me. Well, I don't know. It was nothing really, but uh -huh. I made I just made a comment where I was like, "Well, it's easy to see you don't have any brothers and sisters. You're just like my wife." who and he kind of laughed he, and he just looked and he just smiled and he said, yep. Um, and it, you know, it really wasn't anything of any consequence whatsoever, but um, they all just were just extraordinary. They were just kids that I can imagine how the non-student athletes just loved them because let me tell you what, other than their size, other than just you know that Devin wasn't noticeably bigger than anybody. Um uh, Lavelle and Deshaun were. Yeah, yeah. Uh you wouldn't they 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 just Chris, you went to UVA and I asked you this earlier. Did all student did all athletes just kind of blend in with the student body? Like I, I'm new to this. I didn't I don't I've never been on grounds to see that. But it was amazing. Yeah. They carried the same dumb backpacks. Yeah. yeah. They they yeah. carried the same gallon jugs of water around with them. Literally, a gallon jug of water that they drank over the course of the day. Um, they just were they blend they blend in perfectly with the rest of the student body. Jerry, and, uh, Jerry, your thoughts. Um, you you know. Uh, Got to got to see these guys uh, in the locker room, um, in media uh, situations. Other than that, you know, preseason and 
in season and postseason, um, out of season uh, media opportunities. What are some of your memories of of these of those three young men? Well, um, I guess Lavelle first. Um, I, I didn't really have that much interaction with um, Devin, and and really not a lot with uh, Deshaun because. Um, he wasn't brought in for interviews very much, but, um, but Lavelle, I remember the first time I knew he even existed was his first game against Duke that freshman year. And none of us had heard of him really. Um, they kind of kept him a secret <laughs> throughout training camp. If you can keep a six, seven receiver secret, but uh, they kept throwing all these balls to him in the first half and, and they weren't complete. And um, I kept turning around to somebody in the press box saying, what in the hell they keep throwing to this, this freshman for, I mean, we didn't even know who he was. And in the second half, we found out, (laughs) (laughs) I think he called three balls for three touchdowns. And one of them was like a 67 yard touchdown or something like that. And, or 80 yards. I don't know what it was, but uh, I mean, he blew us all away just on his athletic ability. And then uh, we felt so bad for him because he missed his second year. And then this year, it's a lot of promise going into the season because of uh, his capabilities. And, and we got to know him a little bit more as a player because freshmen were off limits for interviews back in when Bronco coached, and we didn't really get to talk to him. And his second year, he was out of action. So we, we really only got to start to truly know him this year and in training camp. And uh, he was so excited about the season and uh, excited about Tony Elliott being here because he had tried to recruit him a little bit in high school, being from South Carolina. And, uh, you know, his, his I think he said his grandmother said it was it was God's way that that. Uh, Tony was sent here to, you know, they had had that previous relationship. And, um, you know, he was, he had some, some great moments this season on the field. And um, we talked to him a lot. And, and he just, a, like, like Scott said, he was just a bubbly personality. And I could see how all the students over at UVA fell in love with him and the other guys because they were all that way from what we, we've gotten to know. And then Mike Hollins, uh, this year, I think everybody, I think even media people who were supposed to be unbiased, but I think we all kept kind of pulling for him to emerge because he had, we all knew he had talent and Tony Elliott knew he had ta- talent and, and Tony kept kind of holding him back because he said he, he thought Mike had a, a different gear and uh, that he hadn't reached. And and finally, I think the last few weeks he had started hitting that gear. So um, I think, you know, it, it, what I admired about him and, and talking to him was, uh, you know, he, he just never gave up. He just kept fighting. He knew that he could eventually uh, play well. And uh, so to see that grit and determination and, and, and you know, he, he took it well. He, he took it good. Uh, all, all these kids seem to have a, a strong faith uh, in the Lord and, and that he was with them and trying to help them develop as, as athletes. And, uh, and I'm sure uh, that faith um, 
means more than ever now. He had a career game just a couple weeks ago, uh, the yes. UNC game, 75 yards on 16 carries, uh, when he was the starter in place of Paris Jones. Jones was out with an injury in that game. And um, and, and he's he's going to be uh, – whether he – I'm sure he probably won't like this, but uh, he, he's going to be deemed a hero for – for uh, his actions in this, trying to help save other students on that bus. Yeah, the the story there is that uh, as we're recording this on Thursday, uh, his mother Brenda told ESPN uh, in a lengthy interview, Mike is still obviously in the hospital. He's he's gone through two surgeries. He was it was a, they were life threatening injuries for him, and um, he's now on the road to recovery, as, as his family says. But his mother told ESPN that uh, Mike has communicated to her that. Um, you know, about 10, 15, he heard, uh, what everybody else has described too, like what they thought this, the sound of balloons popping at first turns out they were gunshots and, um, he yelled for the bus driver to stop and he started directing students off the bus and he actually went out with them and thought everybody was coming off behind him. And when he looked back and noticed that after the first group of students went out, that no one else was following them. He actually tried to go back on the bus to go get more kids off the bus. And it was when he went back to try to get on the bus that he confronted the shooter and the shooter shot him. Um, and so, you know, he had sent the other students that he had, he had first directed off the bus. He told them to run, just basically run. And um, he could have run with them. And he's a running back. We saw him on that 67-yard catch and carry in a game earlier. I think it was a Miami game a few weeks ago. He he could have he could have easily run and saved his saved himself, but he went back and tried to get the other kids off the bus. And because he did that, he put his own life at risk. And seriously, he was he was it was life threatening injuries he suffered. In fact, he told his mother and his mother told ESPN that um, he felt the shot in the back. He felt his back get warm. Basically, he didn't say he felt the shot. He just felt his back get warm. And he looked and saw the bullet protruding from his stomach. Um, and he he put himself at risk like that to try to help other people. So yeah, there's no doubt he 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 wouldn't like to hear it. You're right, Jerry, but he's he, he is definitely a hero in this story. And, and I'm sure all of those players um, would have done the same thing because that's the kind of kids they were. Yeah, yeah. You know, they, they said the example. Uh, what what's a true hero? Well, firemen are perfect examples because they run into burning buildings when everyone else is running out. My, from what we the account is Mike Collins was out yeah and in a matter of seconds he could have been a half mile away probably yeah yeah but he chose to to go back in and harm's way and where there was an active shooting going on yeah, yeah. that's that's pretty tough I mean I just hope he makes a full recovery and that he can live a life of knowing what what he did because he could have easily saved a lot more lives. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, it stands out. I, I like to say this a lot as, as a UVA alum, whenever I talk with, uh, you know, guys I went to school with or, or, or other alums in general, they, they'll ask me, Hey, you're a reporter. You, you talk to these kids. Um, what do you think about them? And I always say, yeah, these are the, the you know, UVA student athletes are special. You know, they, they, they'll make you proud. Um, you know, when you talk with them, they're, they're, they're all so well-spoken. They're all smart kids. When you find out their majors, you're just like, wow, these kids are, you know, going to make the world a better place and they're good athletes and they're good, whatever players they are. Right. And, 
So, you know, when you look at, you know, certainly of the of the three who who passed away, Lavelle Davis had an NFL future, it seemed. The other two, maybe not, but all three were excellent students. They had to be to get into the University of Virginia. Um, Deshaun Perry, according to Coach Elliott, and we've heard other people say this too, but I think Coach Elliott called him on Tuesday the most interesting person on the team because of his diverse background. He was someone who listened to classical music. He was into studio art um pottery um uh, you know just an interesting interesting cat in addition to being a football player um and uh you know mike collins uh he's 19 years old and he's he's set to graduate in a month um you know and, and start working towards his master's degree i mean these these kids were were the you know not just really good football players but they're even better people yeah, just well-rounded individuals. And um, from some of the interviews I've heard from uh, some of the students uh, and, and talking to Scott, who, like, uh, he's had interactions, uh, close interactions with all these guys and, and some other students who knew them. Um, they brought a lot to, to that class and, uh, and to the university because uh, – uh, the other students admired them so much, not so much for being athletes, but just for being great people. And uh, I think, you know, Jerry, I'll jump in real quick on that. Yeah. You're right. Because there's, there's uh, Chris, you, you jump in. There's students I've seen walking the halls and walking the grounds that I don't think they have a clue. <laughs> what who's on what team they don't they don't get involved in athletics athletics and i saw those players interacting with kids that i'm pretty sure probably never been to a football game um and yet they were like just best friends so yeah they 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 not they just didn't interact with kids that were big sports fans they they got a from what i saw there was just tremendous admiration from from for them and them for other students too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they weren't they weren't jocks. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see them. I got a chance to see them. They weren't jocks. They weren't athletes. They just regular kids with stupid looking book bags and, um, you know, hustling to get to class on time and. Um, it just makes it real difficult to think that what what their lives could have been. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, we'll never reminds, me, reminds me of my time on grounds. Uh, I had several classes with Terry Kirby, and you know, it, he was he was his high school classes valedictorian. I was my high school classes salutatorian. When we were in classes together, it wasn't a football player and student. It was it was smart kids, you know, working in a in a, in a small class, um, and. That's the thing about EVA in general is the mix of people there and, and the athletes are, are, are no different. Scott, I wanted to get a sense from you. You were on grounds today. Um, and I think, um, you know, what's, what's, what's the mood? I mean, especially maybe in the McHugh center, if you can tell us, I mean, what's, what's, what's going on? How, how are, are you guys were both at the press conference, of course, too, with Tony Elliott on, on Tuesday, but how are, how are the, you know, how are folks coping there? I wasn't in the McHugh center close by and, okay. From what I could tell, there was not – it was pretty – the silence was deafening. 
And these places are usually full of laughter and cutting up and camaraderie. No, no, none of that. And um, I just did what I had to do and what I did what I had to do to was sent there to do and, and got out of there because it was, it just was not, um, not a place you want to be really right now. Anyway, Jerry, you, you, um, with your, you know, you have so many contacts from your 42 years of, of working in UVA media, you know, what, what are, what's the sense you're getting? I'm sure you, you've been a person that's probably, you know, I can't imagine how many texts and other kind of communications you're getting from both current people uh and also the alums what's what what's what are you hearing from people yeah you're right it's a wide variety of uh, people all over the country really uh, former football players uh, alumni uh, donors etc um just fans in general and uh, and friends of mine who have no relation with uva but have incredible sympathy and for what has happened. And um, I guess the general sense is that nobody can wrap their heads around this. It's, it's just so senseless. Um, I've dealt with other tragedies uh, or really dark moments throughout my career. Um, first job I ever had was at a small newspaper and one of the, uh, I was having to do, I did sports, and uh, but I was also uh, I had to do some new stuff. And one of the first stories I was ever assigned was a murder trial. Um, a grisly, gruesome murder of uh, of a late, an old elderly lady, and uh, the, the severe beating of her husband. They ran a little motel, and some yahoos came in and robbed them and and uh, beat them her to death and nearly him. Um, so that was my first exposure to dark part of our society. And then, um, you know, through the years, there's been other deaths and things. Um, Craig Fielder, who played for Virginia back in the George Welsh days and uh, was diagnosed with uh, cancer and went up and spent a day with him and his sister at their house, Northern Virginia. And he tried, he kept trying to play and, but the disease wouldn't let him do it. And, um, but he traveled with the team and finally uh, on a road trip to South Carolina uh, one weekend, um, he died the night before in the team hotel. And uh, that was difficult because I had, I had formed a relationship with him Um uh, and was pulling for him. And then the Yardley Love thing uh, a few years ago was probably the darkest moment of my career in time, in terms of trying to cover in a, um, anything athletically. But this surpasses all of those because uh, this was um, affected three players, um, five, well, four actually, and, and another student. And uh, Again, because it was just so senseless and shocking. And um, again, I don't think anybody can wrap their heads around this because of the magnitude of it and the senselessness of it. And and, uh, 
I mean, you've seen college programs from all over the country, uh, football, basketball. I think even um, the Baylor coach had his players send um, notes to UVA's basketball players. They're going to play tomorrow night in Las Vegas in a tournament. And uh, Scott Drew, the coach, was uh, said he had called Tony and reached out to him to see how he was doing and how things were. It's affected – college athletics from coast to coast and not just uh, the old dominion. Um, I mean, this is just so far reaching and and so tragic that uh, it's impacted people's lives and it's changed people's lives. And I I don't know that any of us will totally ever get over this. And it's, it's changed all these players' lives and they'll never be the same again. I don't think. You know, I've, I mean, I'll say this because I maybe speak for a lot of people. I feel guilty in one sense because because I feel so bad and yet it's not it didn't directly affect me. And I'm sure a lot of people can maybe say the same thing like, wow, this wasn't my family that that this happened to. But, you know, this is Thursday and this happened Sunday night and we woke up Monday morning to the news. And, you know, I've been near tears several times. Um, I mean, today and, and not not to mention the last few days and. For no, you know, for no reason that's apparent, um, except for the fact that we're just so sad, and it's, um, so a lot of us are feeling that, and and, and I can only imagine what it's like. The closer you get, when you you know, reverse unpeel the onion, you go back to let people like Scott, who knew all three of the young men personally from this from this semester, and J- Jerry, you knowing Deshaun Perry's father so well, and. And then, of course, the players themselves, the coaches, Bronco Mendenhall, who, you know, former coach who recruited the young men to campus. Uh, and then, of course, you, you get closer to, you know, the, the kids who were on the bus, the families who lost their loved ones. Um, you know, so if if someone as detached from the situation as me can't avoid breaking down in tears a few times, I can only imagine the closer and closer you get to the to the story, how, how hard it is for those folks. Cause I'm Jerry, I'm like, what, like you said there, you know, I, I don't know how, how long it's going to take if ever that, you know, our, our community will be able to kind of get past this. If ever, if ever. Yes. You know, you, you might, you might have a better understanding of this than you think, because just a year ago, the, the young lady that worked for you as an intern that was murdered in New York city, you yeah. had to have a, that had to touch you a lot more. I mean, it touched us all, but you had a personal relationship with it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you, that had to be sort of difficult for you. I'm sure. Well, that, you know, actually that was almost three years ago now, which is hard to believe it was before COVID It was before COVID. And that's how it feels like last year because COVID was, has been so weird, but so it's almost three years ago now. And yeah, I still, um, that young, the young lady, um, Tess Majors is her name and uh, was her name. And um, yeah, she um, she was an intern for us for a semester right before her high school senior year, second semester. And then she was murdered in New York uh, at the end of her first semester uh, of her freshman year. So just a few months after she'd worked with us. And um, that's almost been three years and it's still their times. I mean, she she was a musician in in addition to being a journalist. Um, Her father is a well-known author uh, of novelist. Um, and a JMU professor, form, now former JMU professor. And um, so I, I have a lot of her music actually on my phone. And my wife and I, 
um occasionally when we listen to it it's there's a couple songs on there that are haunting and and those are the ones that kind of get you a little misty so yeah I, I can understand that too but so yeah you're you, you might be right there um so i'm gonna leave you guys with something because i've got a commitment i gotta make um and I'll, I'll look forward to coming back and listening to it. So we'll open up two cans of worms. Okay. And let you talk about them. One, and I, I don't, I, I'm literally want you to think about them and then talk about when can we stop referring to this kid, this, this murderer as a former football player? And two, um, why, why are we hearing about he was, I mean, he was bullied. He he snapped. A lot of people that get bullied maybe put up with it for a while, but why did he just fist fight him? Why do you have to shoot him down? Cold blooded murder. I mean, I don't know that we'll ever know anything. I mean, that, that's anything what I'd like, like to. I mean, why does the, the the narrative have to be? He was bullied. Well, I don't know if it's a narrative. Does it make? I don't know that it's a narrative. I'll, I'll say um, I think it's it's something that's part of the story. Um, and I think what it tells, though, is is a different part of the story than than what some of the media members might be making it out to be. I think from from what I've read and in my you know, this, maybe my perspective is, is a little different on this because I've got my wife works in the mental health field, or at least she, she's been a, a volunteer um, with training in the mental health field. So she, I, I guess that counts as working. Um, I think that there were some probably, probably some very obvious mental health issues that this young man was dealing with that weren't being treated. And I think he probably felt he was being bullied by the world. Um, this, this young man, we, we saw a profile. Um, yeah, I'm sure a lot of folks have read the profile, at least seen or heard of the profile in the Richmond times dispatch when he was still in high school, um, about how, uh, he was a young man who had overcome some odds. He was born, um, and raised in the projects of Petersburg and, um, you know, had gone through some, some things there with his parents divorcing. And, and I, when I looked up court records for his name, you know, the Chris Jones uh, Jr.'s name, um, really just trying to verify some facts in this case, I, I came across his father, Chris Jones Sr., having um, some, some criminal issues uh, dating back to when Chris would have been a kid. So, um you know, he came from a tough background. Um, he was in a lot of fights, got suspended from high school several times, according to that profile. Uh, he tried several times to buy guns legally that he was denied the opportunity to do so. You know, so I think I think hearing that he felt like he was being bullied, I think what it really leads us to is he was having some serious mental health issues that probably had nothing to do with anybody on that bus nothing to do with anybody on that bus and, and it makes it even sadder that those those guys and the and the and the, the four players the three who died the one who got shot and and, and mike collins is, is on his way to recovery and then the fifth student a young lady who is also was also shot and is now out of the hospital um they were just in the wrong place at the wrong time and that makes it even sadder i mean to me it just makes it even sadder that you know if if any if one thing over many years had been done differently. One thing we're not even talking about this right now. We're talking about Baylor basketball tomorrow night. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to leave guys. I'll listen later. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Scott, for joining us. Hang in there, Hootie.
Appreciate it, Scott. I, okay. I admire I admire you for holding up as well as you have, considering oh, thank you support of those guys. So thank you. I salute thank you for that. See you guys. See you. So uh, Jerry, um, you know, you, you talked about how this is. I mean, even even more so than the Yardley Love story that that we had to cover, and that it's hard. I looked it up. It was 2010. It doesn't seem like that long ago that either. Um, that also happened in season, and here we are. I mean, you know, tragedy happening whenever it happens is is awful. I mean, if um, but you know, it's it's even harder. This group is is in season. Obviously, they've canceled the game this weekend. It's I hope they cancel next weekend's game. There's no need to play football with with everything that these guys are going through. I, I I just hope that that they can, you know, they being the roughly 105 or 110 players, including you know the scholarship players, the walk ons, the the trainers, the you know the staff, the coaches, all the associated people. I just hope for them and pray for them that they can just get through the next, I mean, the next day, the next week, the next month, the next few months, just to get their lives back in order. I don't know how that, I don't know how they pick up the pieces as it is much less worrying about playing football games. Uh, you, you know, their hearts certainly wouldn't be in it. If they, if they do decide to play that game, I, 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 I've doubted from the beginning if they would finish the season, but some people disagree with me. They think they'll play the, the final game. I, I don't know how, again, I don't know how they can if they're going to be attending funerals, which they said the other day at the press conference that they intend to do mm-hmm. as a team, because uh, you're in, talking about three different states. Um, I don't think they're going to be this weekend. I don't, I don't think I haven't heard anything to that. I haven't either. And, you know, so, um, how are you going to practice? How are you going to prepare for a football game if if you're and you're doing that? And and to me, even if you're even if you're found any way to get yourself somewhat back together by next Monday, uh, and then you have to attend funerals of your teammates, that's just going to raise all that grief all over again. And you know. How are you going to put that aside and play a football game? I don't know how you do that mentally. Um, maybe the players want to do it. Maybe they feel like that that will help them heal. I don't know. Um, I haven't talked to any of them about that. They haven't been accessible. Um, I don't know. It's just a, a huge question mark and a huge cloud, I think, over over trying to play a game next week. Yeah, yeah. How, how how do the coaches sit down and come up with a game plan? How do you practice to that game plan, and you know, do all the con- conditioning um, that you have to do, and then play a game that's a very physical game, but also a very mental game, an emotional game. I mean, just without this hanging over it, it's it's a game you've got to be fully committed to. If you if you and if you're not fully committed to playing, you can get hurt. It's not like in basketball or or baseball or other sports that. You know, you know, you you're out there, and if the worst thing that can happen is you lose. The worst thing that can happen here is you you know you lose, and you get guys because they're not fully invested in in the, the playing of the game the way it needs to be played that they, you know, suffer a head injury or suffer you know a knee or a shoulder injury that maybe in, endangers them for the rest of whatever their career may be, college or NFL potential or whatever else, and also make their lives harder afterwards. So, 
you know, it's a dangerous game. If you're fully committed and fully emotionally and mentally and everything else focused, it's no, there, there's no way those kids are anywhere near that and, and will be for any time that we can imagine. Yeah, I totally agree. So, um, we have a we have on Saturday. I'm I'm glad this is happening, uh, and it's at the same time that the game would would have been played with Coastal Carolina at 3:30 on Saturday. Uh, there's a memorial service uh, scheduled at the John Paul Jones Arena, and um, uh, it's going to be uh, there's an overflow at Clockner. There's an overflow at Old Cabell Hall. Um, it'll be you know broadcast on Virginia.edu, also on the ACC network. So if you can't get there. Um, you know, there's lots of ways to, to be a part of that, but, um, you know, I can't imagine, I don't even know what that's going to be like, Jerry, that that's, that's going to be, that's going to be something, um, to, to show respect to the three victims who died. And of course, the two victims who fortunately for us have, have survived. Yeah, it's, uh, that's going to be a hard day for everyone involved and, um, I think it's great, though, that they're giving the the community a chance, not only GVA, but the community a, an opportunity other than the vigil, which was a great start the other night, a uh, great start to healing. But this will be even a, another step in that direction. And um, my hats are off for uh, for doing that and, and for streaming it, because a lot of people who would like to attend wouldn't be able to for whatever reason. And um so I think it's uh, it's good that they're making it that accessible to the entire community and the state of Virginia and, and anybody beyond that uh, may want to uh, observe that. I know you've been promoting the um, GoFundMe uh, campaigns for yeah. the families of the three uh, who, who died. Um, how are those doing? Uh, have you got Very an update well. on that? Yeah, very well, Chris, and thanks for bringing that up. And uh, if you would like to, uh, I, I don't know that there's been one set up for um, Mike Hollins yet. Um, I may be wrong, uh, or the, the young lady who was wounded. Um, but for the uh, the three deceased players, there have been GoFundMe pages set up for all three families, and uh, that's on my website under one story you can call it up and it gives the direct links to all three uh the three separate gofundme pages for the three families and it's doing very well there's been thousands of people that have clicked onto that so uh, everyone's hope is that uh that um, fans and others will will help these people uh, be relieved financially from from all this burden yeah, you know, I've had to bury my my each of my parents in the last. Well, my father died fourteen years ago. It doesn't seem like it's been that long either. Um, my mom seven years ago, I think it was. Um, funerals are expensive, you know, and also, yeah, if we can, I mean, hopefully the there's there's folks out there getting ready to help and be able to help um, the families of um, Mike Collins. I think her name is Marley uh, Marley Morgan, because. Uh, and we know uh, we we know Mike Collins has gone through two surgeries, and that's that's expensive. And you know, I ho hope I would hope that um, insurance costs uh, insurance through the, whatever you have to have to to be a football player at a university could, could cover a lot of that cost. But man, you know, our healthcare system the way it is, it's it, it can be crippling uh, 
um, to, to have to, to pay those bills. So um, we may have to step up and, and even do more for those two folks to um, help them pay for their medical care. So, yeah, but it's just been great. I and mean, this is what you expect. Uh, you hope at least uh, out of a community, and especially one like the University of Virginia community, you're not surprised to see that people step up the way they have. But, but, uh, but yeah, this is, um, it's, it's, it's heartwarming, I guess, to see that that's been the case. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> I, I salute the, the people that, created those GoFundMe pages that we have the links to because um, that was uh, great gestures on their part to to establish us to, to help these families and um, to do their part in, in um, just helping, really. And, yeah, and uh, thank everyone for giving, contributing, and uh, I urge others to continue to, to do so. So I think we might be ready to wrap up, Jerry. Um, anything else you want to add as we're, uh, you know, closing this uh, this rather somber podcast for obvious reasons? No, Chris, uh, not really. I mean, I think we've covered it all pretty well. And um, between your website and mine, um, I think we've provided as much up to date information and coverage of, of this tragedy as as well as anyone out there and um appreciate everyone trusting us to bring that reliable news to them and no matter how dark it might be yeah it's but it's, uh, but, but thank thank you all for uh, reading our stories and um for your input and feedback and um we appreciate that too and um, you know, as 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 we grow older, Chris, and the more of these kind of things we're exposed to as journalists, uh, it never gets easy, no matter how many times you've been through it. And um, it's just um, it's just such an unfortunate thing. That I hope we don't have to do any more of these the rest of our careers. Yeah, it's a lot more fun covering games, um, arguing about games <laughs> and t telling people about what's going on yeah it definitely is but yeah same for me um thanks out there to those who have listened tonight uh or whenever you listen to us here um and uh we look forward to the day and it, it, it may be sometime soon that we'll be able to talk sports again but um you know we had to cover this obviously very important moment and of course look to jerryratcliffe.com and augustafreepress.com for more information latest information um and um you know we'll hope to see some of you folks on saturday uh those who are able to make it out to jpj um and for jay ratcliffe i'm chris graham signing off everyone have a great day